Welcome to Popcorn History with the Freeborn County Historical Museum Library and Village. This is Stephanie Kibler, Executive Director at the museum, along with Risha Lilienthal, Coordinator of Collections and Exhibits, and Reggie Bauer, all, all, what do I want to say? Operations Manager. Op- well, I was going to try to give him a big old title, you know, with Power oh. 96. They're like, great and powerful. He's there, yes. yes. Reggie Bauer. <laughs> Uh, today we're going to be, um, what did you say you were going to title this one? Uh, what's on Wheels. What's on Wheels. Or what's or, on Wheels. <laughs> what? <laughs> on Wheels. What's uh, on second. <laughs> no, that's, who's on second? No, who's on first? Who's on first? What's on second? <laughs> I don't know who's on third. It's not like whatever. No, I don't know who's on third. Whoever's on third. It's I don't know. It's I don't know who's on third. Anyway. Now that we've done a... Uh, um, is that a Marx Brothers skit? No, that's uh, Abbott and Costello. Abbott and mm-hmm. Costello, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I um, did a little flashback as we were starting to talk about this, and I'm not even sure how this came up, but um, but the bookmobile was mentioned. Yeah. And I don't know. Reggie, you knew what the bookmobile was. Yeah. You? But a I know you didn't. I didn't know. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't go to school in Albert Lee growing up, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I don't know. The bookmobile... Um, started in 1972 so i would have been nine years old and i honest to god can remember the first day it pulled into town um we were lined up it was like you know uh what's that song anticipation oh i was thinking of the wells fargo wagon (laughs) (laughs) from music man wasn't that far back (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to get to Bookmobile to Wells Fargo Wagon. Oh, and, oh the Wells Fargo Wagon. Oh, a, they yeah. were all lined up, too, yeah, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay, <laughs> caught up now. Caught up now. Um, but so for those of you who don't know, a Bookmobile was a library on wheels. Yeah. Was uh, for kids and adults, and um, it came through, I think it probably spent about an hour in each location. Wow. Um, it was a joint venture for the Southeast Libraries cooperating, Selco, oh. which Selco just recently visited us at the museum and did a... Um, a rental? No, like. they did the, the video. Oh, no, you're right. A little yep. library video for yep. us um, showing off kind of what we had done during the COVID yeah. days. Sure. Um, so I, I hadn't realized that they were part of the bookmobile, that, mm, that, was, no, their, yeah. that was their deal. Um it was made possible, the bookmobile was made possible through a multi-county cooperative program. So um, Dodge County, Freeborn County, Steele County, and it it visited Clarks Grove, Hollandale, Heartland, Freeborn, Mass- Manchester, Alden, Emmons, Twin Lakes, Glenville, Myrtle, Hayward, <laughs> Oakland, uh, Owatonna, Ellendale, Little Missile, Geneva. I mean, it went... All over. Oh, it oh. spent four days every two weeks traveling to deliver books to the community. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay, I feel like I have so many questions. Well, maybe we can get to those. Okay. <laughs> What's really cool, and I'd forgotten this, you had to have a library card. So my See? very oh, first yeah. library what? card was with the Bookmobile. Oh, my god! Which was good at any public library oh. in those counties. So we could go anywhere and then check out books with our bookmobile card. That's cool. Right? I, <laughs> so what are your questions? Okay. You're like stammering. I know. I'm like, what? Okay, so this, this bookmobile would come and mm-hmm. you could just go, you would pick a book 
So you go in the front door, and if you had books to return, you'd return them at the little front door desk, and then you'd go in, and the whole mobile was lined with library shelves. You you would walk in? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (gasps) So you'd walk in, you'd pick your book, and then you'd go to the back of the bus to check it out and exit the back of the bus. And were they organized? Yeah. Like, by genre and author? and Oh, my gosh. Okay. So you would get your book, and you would have it, and you would read it. You would return whenever they came? They came back two weeks later, you'd return your book. Wow. Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, I thought this was kind of cute because they were talking here about two little girls that that had gone to... um, to get their books there was some difficulty with their cards but it got oh. settled and they went off triumphantly carrying jonah and the lord and make way for ducklings hmm. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i thought that was funny but i found cute. that one it's really cute. really kind of cute and funny um so the bookmobile was driven by two women uh from Oatana, actually um a colleen estrom and a mrs herzog okay so were they employed or were they volunteering to do this? You know, I don't know that it actually says. Yeah. I wonder if they weren't hired, though, by Selco, because you would think once you got the books returned, this would be a time-consuming right? Yeah. volunteer effort if this you isn't weren't. is something you just randomly <laughs> one day up and, oh, I'm going to go drive a bus full of books around. Right, I mean, yeah, you can't just hop in. Just for funsies. Yeah, yeah so I, I, they... um. I don't know. I guess I don't know if they were hired or not. I mean, I'm sure some people do have that level of goodness in their hearts, but to do that consistently over however long this was going on. So you're talking four days out on the road. Right. Well, and then I'm going to guess the next week you're restocking, you're you're making sure all the returns. Inventory. Yeah. Probably swap books out so you don't have the same books. And for how many years? Well, um... I can't answer that exactly, but and it was still running in 1977, so at least five years. Sure. That they that they. That's pretty good. I know. Yeah. And I I vaguely remember when it stopped. Oh, and this is cool. <laughs> so if you go into Hope, Minnesota, which is you know oh, just yeah. a little ways north of here, there is actually an old bookmobile. <gasps> Really? Sitting by a garage. What? Across from Hope Creamery. Huh. So you can go, at least it was there a couple years ago. I'm not sure it's still there, but you can drive by and you can actually see what the bookmobile really looked like. I yeah. got really excited when I saw that. I was kind of curious about like because like the the one that I that I saw. Let's see, this would have been probably 2001 or two or three or so. The one that I remember going to. Um, it wouldn't have been like like they didn't repurpose a school bus. I think it was built specifically to function as a bookmobile. Ooh. Were the ones back then the, built specifically for that, or did they look like they might have been like a school bus? You know, it was more of a um. Oh gosh, you know, like a UPS truck kind of thing. Okay, it was more sure. like oh, that okay. than it was a bus. No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Maybe a little a little longer yeah. than, mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. a UPS truck. Although I was littler. Right, so maybe yeah. Everything's seems, bigger at that age. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I remember the step was a big step. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I'm not even sure how I got on the topic of the bookmobile, but I just it brought back a whole bunch of memories. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a cool piece of, I'm going to call it fairly current history. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Just because sure. it's me. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's super fun. Yeah. And when you were talking about it being mobile, 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 book mobile, mobile, mobile. Do you think she rough. needs to be smacked? She's I need like, to be reset, oh. Stuck. <laughs> Stuck. <laughs> Hit me. Okay. <laughs> Where's the reset button? <laughs> um, but then I thought about uh, a kind of, I don't know, business service thing mm-hmm. that our librarian Linda had mentioned at one point and I, it kind of filed away in my Rolex I guess and it was the traveling dentist that was around Freeborn County. See to me that's crazy. Isn't that? Yeah. Like the dentist pulls up in your driveway? <laughs> <laughs> well uh, not quite but <laughs> maybe currently some of them could have but um, it was a Dr. Freeman L. Blunt was his name he was born in october 1905 he died october in 1995 Hmm. which he died 20 days before his 100th birthday wow wait what yeah so he was born 1905 oh no 90th you you caught me yeah yep 90th 90th birthday 20 days before his 90th birthday i can do math it's like (laughs) come do Um, math at the museum (laughs) and um he is said to have had the claim to the first traveling dental office in the world. Wow. Yeah. So did uh, it catch on in other parts of it? did. Really? Yeah. Like, it got spread that he was doing this, and then more started to kind of pop up and use it. Um, but he graduated from the University of Minnesota in 1934 and started his dental practice in Emmons. But then he soon kind of realized that he wanted to bring the dental service to rural parts of the county. And because, well, at the time, Freeborn County was hit pretty hard by the Great Depression. Yeah. Um, so people couldn't really afford to drive to another town to get dental care. And he had a wife and a couple of kids, so he wanted to, you know, kind of get out with his business and, <laughs> you know, supply <laughs> and yep. demand, I guess. <laughs> um But in 1936, he then convinced his classmate, Dr. Elmer Johnson, to take over the Emmons portion. And then he worked with an architect in Albert Lee called Leroy Gardner. It was (laughs) G-A-A-R-D-E-R-E-R. Sure. Um, And he designed a self-contained dental office to be mounted on the frame of a truck. Wow. So he... so he he not only did he come up with this new business concept, mm-hmm. he actually designed the yep. off, the moving the traveling office. Right. Wow. He and an architect. I caught Risha for a minute right. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he it was constructed in Minneapolis, uh, but completed in wow. Albert Lee. Yeah, so he went to several freeboard towns in the late um, 1936. He went to several, several towns. Uh, and the office vehicle would, had a, it, wait, what it contained was a small waiting area, oh, funny. a huh. compact <laughs> laboratory, laboratory <laughs> um, and a dental chair with attached equipment that they could use for examinations, teeth pulling, and fillings. Huh. Yeah. Come on in my truck there. Right. Let me pull your teeth. Um, See, just wait. I'm with somebody right now. Right. Um, and he, the only service he really couldn't provide was the x-ray. Um, which Understandable. He, right. You can't. Uh, okay. Can you imagine walking down the sidewalk <laughs> and you're 
hearing <laughs> dental <laughs> noises. Yeah, out of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a good one. Um, yeah, hey, you'd be like, what? Oh. <laughs> so um, when he thought somebody needed x-ray, he told them to go to the Albert Lee Dental Clinic, which um, his father, Dr. Charles L. Blunt, was the dentist there. Um, and he also helped his dad out on Saturdays. So he sure. wasn't in the in the dental mobile on Saturdays. <laughs> dental mobile. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, it also had a gas heater to provide hot water um, and what Blunt described as the first electrical air conditioner in the county. Well, huh. he's just full of firsts. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this isn't on our timeline. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take care of getting that shit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so he had to go places where electricity was available. And the Interstate Power Company supplied the electrical service from utility poles located on the main streets of the towns he visited. So he would just, like, go to whichever designated utility yep. pole and just plug in? Yep, exactly. Nice. Did he have to climb the pole to plug in? No, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, because usually they don't... I, you wouldn't have it within... Right, I think they col- he collaborated with them to huh. where he could get the designated one set to where he could just plug his truck right that's in that's pretty cool they probably yeah. know like ahead of time what day which, he's which is yeah. coming which yeah, yeah. So he had yeah. he had a specific schedule to where he would go to each town on a specific day isn't that interesting yeah it's down to a science yeah the ca- the towns he went to were you know freeborn hollandale conger myrtle london that was the furthest he went um clark's grove mm. heartland and geneva hmm and so he did this on hot, humid days or um, Minnesota blizzards and temperatures wow. below um, 36 degrees Fahrenheit, below zero, you know. Does it tell you how many days a week he was out doing oh, this? Oh, goodness. Um, I think I do have that. I have to I was walk. just curious. I, really quick. I think it was at least four, I want to say. The magic Although, four. Right? I know. <laughs> I could just be thinking about yours and just deliveries, putting it over there. Um, I had it. Give me just a second here. No, I can't find it. I was just for curious. You. That was a yeah. Doesn't really add to our story <laughs> today. But. Uh, he, I think it was actually. I think it might have been Monday through Friday, and then Saturday he worked at his dad's dental practice in Albert Lee. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's how it was. Um, yeah, but he had AC and he had heating. So he he made it comfortable, I guess. Hey, Doc, I'd you like know? an appointment. Oh, right. something wrong with your tooth? No, I just want the air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hot out there today. Yeah. Uh, but he finally shut down the traveling portion of his dental services in 1943. So it ran for seven years. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And he, he shut down because um, of the gasoline and tire rationing. Um, that forced him to quit, uh, and he sold it to a man in the Twin Cities. For World War II? For World okay. War II, yep, the gasoline and tire rationing. Um, and one group, was, they, they had you know different groups that got certificates to allow them to get new tires and sure. such, and he wasn't in that kind mm. of um, group, but uh, one group was allowed to get a certificate um, if they had vehicles with a capacity of 10 or more passengers for regular transportation of students, 
teachers, employees, um, or any mining or construction work. Uh, so the man he sold it to used the vehicle to as a bus to carry workers okay. from St. Paul to the Rosemount Arsenal. I wonder if there's anybody around that's, that remembers this. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's in the forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly like possible. Early 40s, Just wondering yeah. if there's somebody hanging around here that actually went to see Dr. Blunt right. in his dentist mobile. Oh my gosh. That would be really cool to hear what they would yeah. say about it. Yeah. Yeah. Are we taking call-ins? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh my you gosh. can call the museum if you if you do remember. Yeah. That would yeah. be fun. If you have any but, tips, direct them to the Freeborn County Historical yeah. Museum. Yeah. And he um, he then purchased the practice from his, his dad in Albert Lee and uh, retired in 1970. And something that I could not I kept reading about um, how one in an Ed Shannon article for the Tribune and then also in an oral um, report that was an interview with Bidney Berge did with Blunt and his wife talked about Hollywood coming in and filming a short movie in Conger about his dental practice. (gasps) We really need to find that. I can't. I Tried to Google it, and I couldn't you find ask, it. Did you ask the fabulous Linda Evenson? I didn't ask her, because it did say that he has it with his scrapbook. Um, we should ask Blunt Linda. Has it. So we might have it, and I just didn't look far enough. Well, well, we'll be back with an update on that right. one next episode if we find anything. <laughs> Maybe not next episode, but, but down, the, down road, the road. If we get find something. the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with <laughs> road travel today. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh no! Wait, I'm sorry. I, I really have to. I have to give you this one because um, I thought you might find this interesting. Uh, one of his dental assistants, uh, who helped, who may have helped in the making of this movie, was called Geraldine Loggison. Geraldine Loggison. I have heard of Geraldine Loggison. Okay, because I know you're a Loggison. I'm a Loggison. Okay, family tree. Right. <laughs> um, it's funny that you say that because. As you were talking uh, about him doing the the thing, the doing the stops. Practice. Oh yes. And I was thinking, gosh, is there anybody around who has a story about this? Yeah. Carlisle Loggison was one that I had thought oh, of. Oh yeah. Um, because he would have been kind of in that age mm-hmm. and shipped out. Yeah. He was World War Two. World yeah. War Two. Yeah. So that's really funny. The Loggison clan comes up once again. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Interesting. I'm not sure how to segue here. Oh, I don't all know. of a sudden I've hit a I've hit a snag. <laughs> um, so uh, the other delivery thing that I thought was kind of cool. Sure. Did you know that Albert Lee had a corn cob pipe factory in 1894? Did that not know that. So weird. It sounds really <laughs> weird. I mean, I wish we could show pictures on the radio, which I know is oh, not possible, yeah. <laughs> but or on on our YouTube or on our podcast. Sure. But um, there's some really cool. There's different sizes. You they would whittle the corn cobs into all these different sizes, various bowl sizes, is hmm. what they called them. Oh hmm. yeah, because the tip yeah, is a bowl. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but they delivered the cobs by carload. Okay. Eight men were employed making the pipes. Three girls labeled the pipes and packed them in boxes. The first carload of cobs, they averaged 7,200 pipes per day, earning 75 cents per day. The men, not the not the oh, girls. Of course not. <laughs> the men earned 75 cents per day. Um, Did the girls 
earn anything? They didn't say. Oh. Surely oh. they got paid something well, for labeling something, pipes. Yeah. Yes. Peanuts. Um, where was this uh, where was this factory like located? So it was the building was the old Olson and Anderson wagon shop Aww. built of brick and was about 30 feet by 90 feet. Um, it was known as the RK Manufacturing Company and it says here located at the site of the present post office. So oh. I'm gonna assume hmm. that means our current post office sure. here in Albert Lake sure. Because uh, that's when the um, Irv Sorensen's uh, Lights and Shadows, Highlights and Shadows, was mm-hmm. done in 1960, 19, yeah, 1960, I mm-hmm. think is what I'm seeing here. Um, I also am now just looking at this little thing. It says, thanks to Catherine Claiborne for this material. <laughs> we love Catherine Claiborne in the museum. <laughs> Got a whole little scavenger hunt started for her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, the machinery was purchased from a firm in Missouri, which had a monopoly on cobs suitable for making pipes. Oh, wow. A monopoly. <laughs> um, the machinery was consisted of a railroad boiler, engine, four lathes, drill press, and a varnishing machine. Wow. Um, and Irv puts in his notes here, note to Elmco, they had a tumbler in which the bowls were put and polished from friction of tumbling together. Ooh. Hmm. I, I don't get the Elmco tie-in, so I'm going to have to research that. Yeah. Do you get the Elmco well, tie-in? It, it, like, smoothed it all down, mm-hmm. didn't it? Yeah. So they they would work on them. Elmco wouldn't have worked on them. Well, why'd he say Elmco? I don't know. That's what I said. It says, oh. note to Elmco. <laughs> oh. So he's telling Elmco about it. Oh, I thought it was notes saying that Elmco did it. No, I don't think so. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the factory was a victim of a high-handed scheme <gasps> of the monopoly. Uh-oh. What? They supplied machinery, cobs, and the superintendent. He ruined all of the drills. <laughs> oh. Second carload of cobs was of poor quality. The third car was so poor that the output was oh, less than a third no. of that from the first. Oh, Wait, no. so are they saying that when they monopolized, the quality just went down? Yes. Oh. Hand... Handed under a high-handed scheme of the monopoly, <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing where they were buying the cobs from actually ruined them. Oh, ruined their business. Yeah, that's not fun. No, that's really sad. So we've had a bookmobile, a dentist mobile, and a corn cob mobile. <laughs> <laughs> that should all be cartoons. Oh, that would be a fun cartoon. Yeah, there you go. So that first one, and I, and I wonder. So I suppose it's not in that article, but I wonder. Was it seventy two hundred pipes that they that they made that per first, day? Per day. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's average seventy two hundred pipes per day. I well, wonder how long does a corn cob pipe last? Oh, that's a good question too. I don't actually know. I was gonna ask: Is that something like? Would there be that much of a demand just like in just Freeborn County, or was it getting shipped off oh. to neighboring areas? as like an attempt I, at being like a regional provider of I would assume it would have to be regional right? unless I, I mean a, maybe you only get five uses out of a corn cob pipe sure I don't I'd know have, I'd so have, have to ask my grandpa about that one does he do corn cob pipes I don't know well <laughs> I remember when I was a kid where we it was during harvest one year and I picked up a couple of cobs off the the field or whatever and he's like you can make pipes out of that and I'm like what are you going on about 
and he he didn't like show me show me a whole lot but he had like a pocket knife and he carved some pieces <laughs> out and i was like <sighs> what do you i didn't really know what smoking was at the time well, so sure. i'm just like what is he talking about why do people do this <laughs> of course i now understand mm-hmm. but. <laughs> i bet i bet he i bet he actually smoked out of a corn cob pipe at some point he probably just has. That he knew how to <laughs> Mm-hmm. You have to ask him. That's, I will that's ask him next time I see him. <laughs> okay, we've got assignments. Geraldine yep. Loggison, corncob mm-hmm. pipe. Yeah. What's your assignment? The uh, looking more into the... Oh, yes, the, the movie, the yes. Hollywood movie. That's right. So mm-hmm. we've each got an assignment. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of corn cobs, I guess, whose turn is it for popcorn this I, week? I think corn it's... Corn popcorn! I'm guessing it's Risha's. <laughs> Here you go, Risha. Since she's grabbing the bowl. <laughs> Mine. <laughs>